Welcome to Women on Wealth, a podcast by women for women. Our mission is to empower women to embrace the discussion around wealth, demystify finance and market-related topics, and break down the emotions that surround these decisions. Your host is Julina Ogilvie, partner and wealth advisor with Principal Wealth Partners. She's a certified private wealth advisor and a certified investment management analyst with over 20 years of industry experience. Well, welcome everyone to the market update from Principal Wealth Partners. I'm Jelena Ogilvy, partner and director of business development. The uh, markets continue to be volatile this year. We officially entered a correction, which is a 10% decline from the market peak, which occurred on January 3rd of this year. And we'd like to spend a moment to talk about two things. One, what's going on? And number two, how should we interpret the volatility as investors? And before we do that, I'd like to first um, express our sympathy to anyone that has been affected by the invasion in the Ukraine. We know that we have clients that have been impacted through family and friends, and our thoughts and our prayers are with you all at this time. Uh, geopolitical uh, events are never easy. And so to talk through some of these challenging times, uh, we have Bob Paolucci, who is the founder and CEO of Principal Wealth Partners with us here today. So Bob, thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks for having us. Sorry, thanks for having me. <laughs> we represent a large team here. So I, if we can first talk about, you, you've always been a student of the industry and um, there's a lot going on right now. We, we talked about this a month ago, but we're back. Uh, let's, if you can address how you are interpreting what's going on in the world right now. Uh, sure, sure. I, I, um, I think generally speaking, when you have negative events, it's very easy to blame those negative events solely for what's happening in the markets in the world, in your life, uh, et cetera. Uh, I believe this is still a Fed-induced um, uh, pullback in the market. Um, uh, which really started a month ago when we had our last uh, video that we put out. Uh, the uh, Fed, again, just a quick recap, um, changed their language. They became maybe more aggressive with their language, keeping in mind they haven't done anything yet. There's been no action. It's just a lot of anticipation. Um, uh, but th th their language created a sell-off that started in January and then has literally gone sideways into February. Um, we are where we were about a month ago. Uh, why? Well, the Fed still hasn't done anything yet, and the market is still trying to figure things out. Uh, what has happened beneath the surface um, is earnings have improved. Uh Price to earnings ratios, so the value of the market has gotten much cheaper, as they say, less expensive, however you want to view it. Um, any, any speculative bubble that was in some of these um, uh, pockets of, of innovative stocks or meme stocks, things that were so heavily traded and talked about by many people and oftentimes misunderstood, uh, prices in those securities have come down significantly. Um, when they came down, they brought down with them some of the prices of high quality securities. So uh, I'm looking at this market, just like we are here internally, uh, viewing it as a bargain, at least in the, in the short term. So you, you have um, sort of a backdrop of good fundamentals, uh, 
you have higher dividends, you have higher cash values, uh, uh, referring to uh, cash positions held by businesses. Um, you have inflation. I'll talk about the good side of it. Uh, the good side of it for corporations is that they can pass on higher prices to us all. Uh, and when they do that, they usually pass on a price that is higher than their input cost, therefore creating more earnings. Uh, and that's ultimately what makes the market go up, higher earnings. Um, so from a fundamental standpoint, I don't see uh, a scenario where the economy and market fundamentals are in a weaker position versus a month ago. I actually see a much stronger position. Um, I would say with obviously what's happened with uh, Ukraine, it is very likely going to lead to a less aggressive Fed. And again, it'll probably start with less aggressive language, which may lead to um, a more cautious plan of action and then less action over time. And uh, I, I mentioned that only because the market still has an aggressive Fed action plan priced into it. Um, so I'm looking at the market. Uh, today it's up, you know, almost a thousand points. Um, yesterday the market had a um, just about a thousand point swing as well, um, and I think it's starting to sort of figure this out. It's, uh, it's so amazing it's, how resilient the market is. It's it's resilient. Um, um, yeah. I'm trying to come up with a good way to define that. Um, I think we say it's resilient when things are good. Right. And we have a tendency to say it uh, has a way of being harsh when things aren't good. Uh, but yeah. yes, over a period of time, the market is quite resilient. Why? Because it usually tries to price in the future as best as it could. Um, and, and historically, it does a pretty good job of it. Right. So is it fair to say, despite all the concerns, whether it's geopolitical, continued conversations around inflation and what the Fed is going to do, there is so much fundamentally that's solid, that continues with the economy, that we're optimistic the market's going forward? Yeah, that's right, Juliana. So there are, are uh, pros and cons. The pros and the weight of the pros far outweigh the cons. Um, there are things that none of us are forecasting or thinking about, which are the unknown unknowns that could always play a major role. Um, uh, one of those a few years ago was the pandemic. Sure. Uh, and you can see how that works out. When the market doesn't have something priced in, it goes into shock mode and it does it pretty quickly. So um, yeah, I think the the positives far outweigh the negatives. And I think we're just stuck in this time vortex where all we need to do is wait six months and things will look significantly better. Right. Um, inflation will likely be much lower or certainly trending much lower. Uh, the Fed will likely show the world that it is going to take a much less aggressive stance than many of these big Wall Street firms are predicting um, and what the market has priced in. Um, and um, uh, earnings, corporate earnings will likely 
continue to report higher numbers uh, yeah. and eventually prices will start moving in that direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, when we talk about volatility, right, I always joke that the, the word volatility means that the markets go up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of time investors only think about when it goes down and we love it when it goes up. So how do we, uh, it's been going down. We're in this correction. How as investors should we be feeling right now? It's really hard to look at the statement and see numbers that are lower than what they were before. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Nobody likes lower numbers unless it's your weight. Um, So, uh, um, you know, volatility is the price you have to pay for good returns over time. And the more you can tolerate volatility, the better your numbers will be over time. The right. less you can tolerate volatility, the less you should expect over time. Um, at least for as long as I've been alive, the markets are volatile. And I think, uh, I think that will continue to be the case forever. Um, um, so as an investor, you have to understand that if you're going to be invested. We certainly understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think what's often misunderstood and it m- makes sense as to why it's confusing, misunderstood, stressful, emotional, uh, is because, um, you know, fear sells, right? Right. We tend to um, weigh pain and loss far more than we weigh gain and success. Uh, We hyper-focus on negative things and we don't focus enough on positive things. Uh, The truth is the market is up 50% over the past 24 months. And rarely can you say that ever in history. And um, market participants are fearful of this 10% decline. Um, I think in the grand scheme of things, a 50% return and a 10% decline is more than fair. Right. Um, I, dare I say, um, it makes the market healthier. We need these, we need more of them. Right. Um, and historically, they're very common. Right. I hope we see more of them to give us the opportunity to take advantage of them on behalf of our clients. Right. Otherwise, think about it this way. You'll just continue to invest in higher markets and pay a premium for things. Right. Uh, we like to buy things on sale. You know, we we have a history of buying um, major downswings. Um, we did some of that yesterday uh, before 11 a.m. Um, we. Um, we bought into the March, 2020 decline heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought into the 2008, 20% decline that pretty much everyone has forgotten about at this point. Right. Um, and I can continue on and on and on. Those are great entry points. So when the markets pull back, they create great opportunities for the future because you buy things on sale. A- absolutely. I think that I learned very early on in this business that this is the only industry that when something goes on sale, people want to run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and um, we have a slide that I thought we might share given the fact that we are um, talking about geopolitical events. Uh, if you want me to pull it up, it, it might be an interesting 
one to walk through to see how the markets have done during periods like this before. Yeah, we should pull that up because that is something, Juliana, that you and I talked about. The There's a big misunderstanding around uh, major um, geo, geopolitical events, uh, sure. conflict, war, so on and so forth. And you can see this is a chart on the screen that charts out uh, the stock market over a long period of time um, and all of the uh, warlike activities along the way. And I think it speaks for itself. While war is a terrible scenario, you know, there really are no winners. Um, uh, the market marches to a different beat. You know, the market is driven by other things like corporate earnings, liquidity, um, uh, the, the cost of money, um, consumption. Right. Um, so, uh, I think this is very helpful to view uh, because it's it's um, while it's an awful event uh, and the actions of war are horrendous for all involved, um, <clears throat> more often than not, it has uh, little to no impact on corporate earnings, right? And, and, and therefore, the market. And one of the things I love about this is, it, is if you look all the way to the left, this chart is starting in 1928. We've certainly been through a lot. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's forcing us to look through a longer lens. I guess, can you talk a little bit about some of the dangers sometimes of thinking of, of using a short-term lens? Of course. Um, well, I, I, I think there is danger in thinking short-term in um, any area of our life, right? Um, uh, certainly here in the Northeast, you think winter will last forever if you <laughs> don't really love the snow. Um, but, but just zoom out. You really have about two months of, of cold, icy, snowy, wet weather, followed by um, um, better weather and, and uh, sunny days, so on and so forth. Right. When it comes to the market, uh, if you can pull up the next slide, um, we really have to zoom out a little bit and think about time. The society has morphed short-term into um, something that I would refer to as ultra short-term. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're counting seconds and minutes and wanting things to change um, overnight. That, you know, that, that's hard to do. Right. Um, and it's, it's never been that way. And I don't think it will ever be that way. So I think we have to just level set, uh, reset our expectations and, and look beyond the trees yeah. uh, and look into years and decades because things are quite good over a long period of time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And maybe this is a silly analogy, but I learned coming out of college when I first started investing that um, the markets are a yo-yo, which is the left. That's that short-term lens. It's not that escalator on the right. So you really need to think about this, the markets overall being that yo-yo on the escalator. And it's kind mm -hmm. of, you have to put the two together. So that's something I always think about when we go through times like this. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, let's just uh, think about the feeling of consumers and investors in you know, the beginning of March of 2009, mm -hmm. when the market was down a cumulative 55% over a 10 month period of time. Right. Um, 
that weighs on you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think about the future and what can go right, right, you will take action um, thinking that only bad things can and will happen in the future. You have to, you have to look forward. You have to have a strategy. You have to, um, you have to be diversified if you're an investor. Um, and um, later that year, uh, the uh, market not only recouped what it lost uh, for the first couple of months of 09, it finished up almost 30%. Amazing. Yeah. So that was a 60, almost 70% swing in the market in 2009. Right. Most forget that the bottom was in 09. They refer to 08. Right. You refer to the beginning, not the ending. Right. The beginning was right. 08. The end was 09. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so you have to have some understanding of what time does. You also have to understand we're talking about investing. Um, when it comes to investing, you should think more about you're investing in the ownership of ownership percentages of quality businesses, businesses that make money um, uh, pretty consistently. They sell goods and services. They make good products. They employ good people. Oftentimes they have a good culture. Sometimes they don't, but over time um, they need to improve. And if they don't, um, competition will force them out, right? So the capital markets um, have a way of, of making everyone compete. Right. Um, and I, I think that is a very, very healthy um, for investors. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, but I'll, I'll say it again. And hopefully this is a summary of what we talked about, but we continue to see the emotions driving the short-term uh, markets, uh, yeah. but we believe that the long-term fundamentals uh, are what are what play out. And so, what we're seeing right now is is not uncommon. And uh, so that's why we have a process. That's why we have uh, we build plans, and that's why we diversify our portfolios. Absolutely. And you know, to to leave it on a good note, the fundamentals look better today than they did a month ago. And a month ago, they looked fantastic. Um, you know, looking forward. Uh, I, I have more conviction saying now at depressed levels, um, future returns look that much better. You know, when, I, when I'm asked that question at all time highs in the market, um, I answer it appropriately. Um, I feel um, a lot better uh, today saying that future returns from this level, a level where the market is much cheaper, earnings are better, you know, things look really good. Um, I have a lot of conviction saying that going forward, uh, things will be great. And it's, it's, I'm gaming the system here. I'm cheating a little bit. Um, it's easy to say that things are great in a down market um, uh, because you're starting from a depressed level. Right. Right. And things naturally just, it's a lowered bar. Right. So uh, we always have to remind ourselves that. No, that's great. I, yeah. I, I like your conclusion better than mine. So thank you for that. No, that's, that's quite all right. And again, we're here to, to help our clients. Um, we encourage feedback if there are topics that um, 
our clients want to hear, talk about, want to have us address, uh, feedback is necessary. Um, we tend to ask these questions in our client meetings, uh, but if anyone listening to this wants us to address anything, um, uh, please let us know. Absolutely. I will echo that and thank everyone for their time. And, and thank you, Bob, again, for your, your perspective. We appreciate Great. it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Women on Wealth by Women for Women. Stay up to date by subscribing to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, please visit www.principalwealthpartners.com or join us on Facebook and LinkedIn.